Uh, today we're going to be talking about serving. Now, why is this important, especially during this time? Um, we find ourselves in difficult times. Uh, we, we've spent a year just trying to survive, um, just trying to fend for ourselves, protect ourselves from the virus, um, get ourselves a slot for the vaccination. Uh, we, we're all still in isolation from each other. And in a lot of ways, this physical distancing has also taken down, taken us down the route of emotional and mental distancing from those of from from our own loved ones. Now, irrespective of whether you're you would re recognize yourself as an introvert or an extrovert, um, we are still finding subtle and sometimes even clear withdrawal inclinations from people around us. Yeah, trust me, I, I consider myself as an extrovert and I'm still feeling this way. Now, in these present circumstances, what does it really mean to serve and love people? How can we grow in it? The passage that we're going to be reading today is going to be talking about that. Just a little bit of context. Uh, this passage is written by an by a amazing follower of Jesus called Paul. He's writing this to a church. This is happening after Jesus' time on earth. The passage is Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 13 to 26. Um, I requested Kia to read the passage out for us. Kia, if you can just help. Thank you, Felix. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the, under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, or orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. For the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Kia. Uh, let me just pray before we start. Uh, Father, we want to thank you for um, the heart of worship that you've already led us uh, and, and, and created in us. Uh, our, our hearts are now ready and fertile to receive your word. 
So Holy Spirit, um, I don't know where each of us are in our journeys. Uh, I don't know what each of our struggles are in this season, but you take the same word and apply it so closely to our own personal hearts. Uh, so, so do your thing. Speak to us. Uh, we want to see Jesus as beautiful. We want to enjoy Jesus as our hideaway and all that we've experienced even through the talk. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The three things uh, we're going to be looking at today is um, our, our struggle to serve. Um, the second thing is how the, how the Spirit helps us serve. Uh, and the third thing is the ultimate power to serve. Our struggle to serve, how the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us serve and the ultimate power to serve. Let's dive straight in. What is our struggle to serve? The passage starts off with that verse and it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Hey, why do we struggle to serve? What does this, what is this passage suggesting as the reason? What is the opposite of serving one another humbly in love? We struggle to serve because in our sinfulness, we want to gratify our own selves first. We want to indulge. But, but when we, why do we even have this inherent need to gratify our own selves more than serve anyone else? The answer is quite simple. When we are not satisfied by Christ, we use the resources that he's given us to satisfy our own selves rather than serve others. Hey, we sang about this in the second song. We, we cried out and we said, my heart and flesh cry out for you to fill me up. You satisfy me. Fill me with love and truth. Fill me with love from you. You satisfy me. The only one who can satisfy our souls is Christ. And if we are not being satisfied by him, all the good gifts, all the good resources that he's given us and he's blessed us with, we end up indulging in them and not serving others with it. Let's think through this practically, right? In the last one year, where have you been isolated and, and, and um, distant from each other physically, which is the one area we've struggled to serve others? Which is the one area we've struggled? For me, it's been in the area of my finances. Now, apart from the giving that we did as, as a community together, uh, I've struggled to be generous in this season because I've seen the season and I've used the season as a saving opportunity, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Saving is great. Saving is good. It's good stewardship of our money. But what's been happening is I've noticed that the more that I saved, the more my sense of security shifted from Jesus to my own money, right? Now, because 
my sense of security was being satisfied with my saving i wasn't being satisfied with christ instead and that was my hindrance to serve i hope that's making sense my finances were satisfying my need for security more than christ in my heart and that was my hindrance to serve now also in my conversations with people during this time with most of you during this time i've seen that most of us have been struggling including me with work right um this this pandemic has made our work timings even more flexible there is no hard stop where we stop and say this is it now this is my evening my family time right there's there's nothing like that anymore um our work timings are flexible and 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 the last thing on our minds is how can i actually serve and use my time to serve others especially now with work picking up our bosses not being around to recognize those those things that we do which which go unrecognized he ends up thinking hey he's not even working he's enjoying but you are working and and you can't show for your work and and with all of this we end up really overworking and and just thinking about others forget serving is out of our radar now while we recognize the reality of this problem it will also be helpful for us to look what is my soul drawing from my work that it is not drawing from christ how is my work satisfying me in a way that christ isn't in this season are we drawing our worth from how much work we are able to accomplish how are we drawing a sense of security from our job security are we drawing a sense of recognition and worth from how much a boss is recognizing and serving and 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 uh and celebrating our work now you see when we feed on something other than christ we stop being stewards of it and we become slaves to it and when we become slaves to it we will never be able to serve others with it the moment we feed on something more than christ we stop being stewards and become slaves be it work be it money be it sex be it power now ending up as slaves is not good for our souls because the satisfaction our souls is looking for like we've seen earlier can only be met in Christ so what happens when we indulge like this passage says in all these good things because they will never be able to satisfy we go on an endless pursuit of these things and what happens what is the result we see in verse 19 and 20 sexual immorality these are works of the flesh impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft and 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 all of these things that you see all of this is a result of our endless unsatisfactory indulgence in the good gifts of god rather than god himself hey in this season 
in the isolation of our homes in the freedom of time that we've had how have we indulged in the good gifts of god and drawn more from it than god himself shall we look into our hearts and see what is that one area we've struggled to serve and what is hindering us now what's the antidote what is paul saying here how the spirit helps us serve he says in verse 16 so i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh walk by the spirit now if you've grown in a christian household now this this might be a jargon to you right we walk by the spirit the holy spirit leads me uh, and and if you if you don't if you're not a follower of jesus and you're an explorer what is the spirit even like what what are you talking about now i know that it can be a jargon but this passage helps us see something really practical about walking by the spirit it involves two things from this passage it involves many things but i'm just going to take out two things from this passage it involves recognizing the inner conflict and it involves receiving the fruit recognizing the inner conflict and receiving the fruit now the holy spirit which is a gift from god which resides in our in our selfish indulgent hearts wars with our sinful flesh in order for us to stop gratifying our own sinful desires and indulging in them i think it was it was this last week that i experienced this you know i like i've said i i consider myself as an extrovert or like i just said more of an ambivert leaning towards the extroverted side but over the past year i've seen that in my sinfulness i've been uh, not that intro being introverted it's sinful but i've i've gone towards withdrawing from people that is that is what my inclination of the heart was and in the last week um i i i noticed that there's this friend of mine who who has been wanting to catch up with me uh since last year almost since october and and uh, i found some excuse or the other to constantly sort of postpone that call hey i'm getting on another call i'm busy with the weekends i i have church and i'm just preparing for this and that and and all of that and i've i've put away that long pending catch up call with this friend for a very long time now last monday i i uh, i finished work and the evening i i had some time taru was still busy with her work and i had two options the first option is to continue the series that i was already watching on netflix yeah the second option was picking up my phone and getting on a conversation with this friend now trust me every inclination of my heart didn't want to pick up that phone and have that conversation but in that difficult moment and in that moment of internal conflict i just i just had all i had to do was just pause and recognize that conflict and in that moment the holy spirit gave me the power to not go back to the netflix and pick up my phone and have that beautiful conversation at the end of it my soul was more enriched having had that conversation i was refreshed hey now this it's not too much of of uh, uh, of of you know uh, signs that we don't understand just 
pausing and recognizing the internal conflict that we have is so powerful the holy spirit helps us now in the busyness of our lives often times we we face that conflict and we don't even give a time to pause we just go over to the next task but the holy spirit helps us to just pause and recognize that conflict the conflict between wanting to indulge myself in that moment and wanting to to actually engage with someone serve someone and love someone that's the first thing the power of just recognizing the conflict the second thing walking by the spirit involves is receiving the fruit if you see in verse 22 he says but f- the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control this is the fruit that the holy spirit produces in us now often time we think hey fruit of the spirit we think about our own selves our own growth my own spiritual maturity right but allow allow me to help us see that the fruit of the spirit benefits those around us directly and indirectly more than our own selves let's look at that list when we grow in love who is benefited when we grow in forbearance who benefits from it what about kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control who is benefiting from it even joy and peace that we enjoy on the inside ultimately do end up benefiting people around us so the fruit of the spirit is holy spirit's practical toolkit which helps us grow in serving others yes it is about our own spiritual maturity as well but it is it helps us in serving others now how do we receive this fruit we receive it by faith when the holy spirit leads us in serving others it is on the job training i can't say hey leave me alone let me grow in all of this first and then i will go outside and practice it doesn't work that way we are going to learn by making mistakes i will learn by being impatient with someone i will learn by being unkind with someone right when the holy spirit presents these opportunities in faith it is not us manufacturing he will give us this is his fruit he will produce it it's called fruit of the spirit it's not fruit of my hard work and good intentions it's the holy spirit that helps us that's the second thing we receive the fruit yeah i know that just listening to the sermon is not going to make us saints from the next moment forget from tomorrow even after this after the service i know i'm going to still struggle this conflict is real the conflict in our hearts now what then is our hope what then is our power for transformation what then is the way out of this conflict that we face in our hearts we see that in verse 24 the ultimate power to serve paul says 
those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Friends, here's the hope. Paul is not saying those who belong to Christ Jesus must crucify their flesh with its passions and desires. Yes, he says this in other passages in the Bible, but in this passage, he doesn't say that. He's, he's talking about it in the past tense. He's talking about have already crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, this is the gospel tension. We are living in the in-between. We are living between the already have crucified and not yet. Our flesh has been crucified with Christ, but it has not yet totally lost its power over us. Because, because we're, we're clearly still struggling. And Paul is not ignoring the fact, the very fact that he's writing this letter to this church um, decades after Jesus, he's recognizing that even this church is struggling. So Paul is not like dismissing the fact, but this tension is real. The gospel tension is real. Now allow me to connect it with that conflict we were experiencing in our heart in the second point. It is the same conflict. The conflict between good, godly, spirit-led, already crucified flesh to serve and the conflict between sinful, selfish desires of the flesh which want to indulge. This conflict is real. But friends, the power for our transformation is here. The power for our transformation is that our flesh has already been crucified in the past tense. And, and when Paul is, when he's reminding us that, what he's actually saying is, when we are entering this conflict, we are entering this conflict from a place of victory in Jesus, not from a place of defeat. Paul is exhorting us to see that what we are wrestling in our hearts, those selfish desires to indulge, is a defeated foe. The sinful desires and passions that seem to get the better of us time and time again tend to become powerless when we look and gaze upon the beauty of Jesus. When we start saying, Jesus, only you are beautiful. Nothing else can satisfy me. All these things I want to indulge in, they cannot satisfy me. Only you can. Now this pausing also we don't need to do in our own strength. Immediately after saying that in verse 24, Paul in verse 25 says, since we now live by the Spirit, let us keep in step by the Spirit. All as though he's saying that living by the Spirit is enjoying Christ's victory over our sinful flesh in the tension in the here and now. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us pause and enjoy the perfect victory of Christ that is already ours in Christ in this not yet broken world. Paul, again, in, 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 in this beautiful letter that he, he wrote uh, to a different church, he says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, 
he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. In that moment of weakness, in that moment of wanting to indulge our own self sinful flesh and not serve and love others, it's the Holy Spirit that breathes life into that dead and sinful desire and transforms. You see, this is the power to serve. This has power to transform every inclination of our heart from sinful, selfish indulgence to sacrificial service. Friends, that's the, if, if you forget everything else from the sermon, just remember this one thing. In the moment of wanting to indulge, could we just pause, recognize that conflict, and allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to uh, give us the victory that is already ours in Jesus. I want to close with this remark uh, by this missionary called David Livingston. Uh, he was a Scottish missionary and explorer who spent about 33 years sacrificially serving people in the heart of Africa. He endured much suffering. He lost his wife to a disease in that place. And he labored to spread the gospel and open up this continent to Jesus. He says, people talk of, of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Can that be called a sacrifice which is simply paid back as a small part of a great debt owing to our God, which we can never repay. It is emphatically no sacrifice. Say rather, it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, or danger now and then with the foregoing of the common conveniences and charities of this life may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this be for a moment. You see, he's experiencing that tension. And then he says, all these are nothing when compared with the glory that shall hereafter be revealed in and for us. I never made a sacrifice. Of this, we ought not to talk when we remember the great sacrifice which he made who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. See, this is the power to serve. This gives us power to serve even when the people we are serving might constantly be hurting us. Because what we are actually responding to is not to them. We're responding to how Jesus served us. This is our power to serve. So when we experience that struggle the next time, shall we just pause? Shall we recognize the conflict? And shall we allow the Holy Spirit to apply Jesus' victory to our hearts in that moment? Allow me to just pray and close. Holy Spirit, you are probably uh, the most appreciated, the, the least appreciated amazing gift that Jesus gave to me. I do not, I do not uh, spend my time just being aware of you. Uh, I, I spend so much of my time in indifference, but thank you 
for opening our hearts thank you for constantly residing in our in our hearts of stone and selfish indulgence thank you for warring with my sinful inclinations and thank you for applying jesus victory to my heart in this broken world we worship you and then uh we we look to jesus whom you are pointing us to in this moment we look to his victory in our lives in our hearts that is the only power for our transformation in your name we pray jesus amen amen over to